Hello and welcome. Good afternoon, Raleigh, and welcome to this week's Eye on the Triangle, a student-run, student-scripted, and student-produced news show on 88.1 WKNC HD1 Raleigh. I'm Marissa Jordan. Um, so today I'm bringing you a fun yet educating episode. Uh, first, Keith Gunn and Jack Schroeder bring you a review of the film The Nun just in time for Halloween. Then after the break, I'll be discussing the upcoming midterm elections, the proposed amendments, and the bond referendum. And I'll be ending with a quick community calendar for Halloween events around Raleigh. And that's all coming right up in just a bit, so stay tuned. The Nun is a new horror film directed by Corin Hardy. The film stars Demon Bachir, Tysa Farmiga, and Jonas Bloquet in a prequel to The Conjuring. Hi, I'm Keith Gwynn. Hi, I'm Jack Schroeder, and this is So You Don't Have To, and our purpose of this is so you, the movie viewer, do not have to go in blind to uh, whatever movie you want to see, and basically whatever we're reviewing here, but this week we saw The Nun. All right, so, The Monk, or The Nun, <laughs> it, 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 is, it is that forgettable, yeah. Um, <laughs> the Nun, first impressions. Um, well... It didn't certainly leave enough of one for me to be able to uh, give it the greatest analysis of my life. But um, as far as a horror movie, I, I think uh, many people can see enjoyment out of it, although I didn't um, personally love it. Uh, great cinematography, fantastic acting, but there was a lack of this thing we like to call a plot. <laughs> It was based on a throwaway line from the first Conjuring movie, and that's how they really dictated the course of the uh, film. Um, I you you can call it a Conjuring prequel, but I really don't want to guarantee if you enjoy the Conjuring, you'll enjoy this. I mean, as far as horror movies go, uh, it didn't really have me scared, and that's that's really what I anticipate or you know expect when I go into the theater, but. Uh, Parents were bringing their children, and, and it was a quiet theater, so I I think that speaks for itself. Many, or uh, at least a couple plot devices did rub me the wrong way. Uh, what's your personal opinion on the blood of Christ? Oh, the blood of Christ. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, the blood of Christ, that's there. They It just happens to, this sacred relic just happens to be in the place they need, which it also happens to be really good at killing demons and sealing up pits to hell. Um, thank God, thank, thank God it was there, you know? I mean... In this dirty, decrepit vault and still, instead of, like, secured in the Vatican. So, like, who originally got the blood of Christ? It was, like, everyone's just, like, you know... You know, Jesus is on the cross, everyone's crying and you're weeping and mourning, and then there's this one douche who's just at the foot of the cross, just like with all these bowls and cups, and is just like, hey guys, don't worry, I got it, this will be super useful later. <laughs> It'll, trust me. This is going to be necessary when they... <laughs> the gate to hell is opened by a German bomb strike. Hold up. I, I think we forgot to uh, really we, we, go over the plot. We, we didn't analyze the plot. Yet, well, yeah. there's not much, but um, what basically happens is there is this uh, cursed abbey, and there's a um, there's a demon really just wreaking havoc, and yeah. it's, you know, the goal is to possess one of the nuns, so, of course, the demon's first instinct is going to be 
kill the nuns. Mass murder of Ma- the <laughs> necessary participants. I'm I'm trapped within this abbey because of magic. I need to possess a, mu- a nun to get out. First thing he does, murder all the nuns except for one, who then goes and hangs herself. Really, that that was a that was a major problem I had with the film. It's just like this, it. <laughs> the the character's motivations here he's not acting in any kind of logical way um it's it's really frustrating but um anyways so cursed abby all the nuns are dead uh this one guy who's coming up to deliver supplies sees that one of the nuns is has hung herself runs back to his little village, uh, the Catholic Church, finds out they send some people to deal with it. They send a priest and an, I guess you could call her an unordained nun, but her only, like, claim to fame or reason being there is that she had, like, religious dreams. Uh, do you want to talk about that? Oh, yeah, she had she had some visions. She had some visions when she was a kid, and uh, they all ended with, with uh, Mary Points the Way, which is very important later on don't forget that detail (laughs) nudge nudge (laughs) nudge nudge hint hint very important oh my god so um let's see what else is there really to talk about because there's not much it's well well, no they, they they get there and um the the one priest they sent is basically with like the catholic church's special division for like dealing with possessed people he's and, a ghostbuster uh, yeah he's a he's a he's a church ghostbuster and um demon busters um busters. There, demon, there we go yeah um that would be a good like subtitle for this movie <laughs> yeah demon, demon busters but all right um moving on moving on so <laughs> this guy um he did perform an exorcism once uh we know we we saw we saw him it shows him exercising the demon out of this child except the exorcism ends up killing the child as well so that's unfortunate but the child that he exercised is just sort of here yeah just present haunting him for yeah, no apparent reason he's just like here at this place and it it's a separate entity from the nun because we see it and the nun at the same time so <laughs> it's just sort of there for no reason other than hey this thing happened to me oh this this thing is also here what do you know that that reminds me of my other major problem with this movie i'm i'm not saying this movie's completely bad by any means i mean it really does have to center around the plot and many uh different characters mainly the um underdane nun having like knowledge of a situation which she's clearly not presented with like for instance, there's this one uh, moment where the uh, Father Burke, the priest, is being attacked, and she, without any prior informants, she uh, knows where she is, and thank goodness she can rescue him. Oh, yeah. You remember she, that? Yeah, I do remember that. He's All of a sudden, the father's just, like, has been buried alive in this grave, and then um, she walks out. And she hears this bell ringing, and she's like, "Oh God, the father! He must be! He must be buried in <laughs> she a hears grave." This one bell. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, the, it's the first thought in her mind. He, he explained earlier that the bells were there in case someone had been buried alive, but she she just wakes up, and 
the the graveyard is outside of this um, castle. Um, the uh, the abbey. The, the abbey, yeah. Or whatever. It's yeah. Uh, the abbey was um, built out of an old castle, but um, and she just she just hears a, one, a, a bell. She just hears a bell, and instantly she's like, "Oh God! It must be that the father has somehow accidentally become buried alive out there, and he needs my help." And it's like, no, oh. it's, it's a common tragedy, Keith. People are buried alive all, <laughs> alive all the time. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know what? What? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean, how could she not think that? You know, maybe they just like left a grave open, and he accidentally fell in, and then or a squirrel a bunch of, might have accidentally bumped into a bell or something. And like there could have been like a bunch of wind, you know, and the wind blew all the dirt into the grave and back on top of on top. Yeah, it makes sense. We never really explained the blood of Christ. Okay, so uh, let's, 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 let's do that real let's quick. Let's get into that we'll right wrap now. Wrap this up. So, the blood of Christ. Um, the 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 Abbey used to be owned by this old uh, this old count, right? And the count was really bad. He opened a portal to hell, uh, which is why the Abbey is sort of cursed and possessed and stuff. And this one demon came out. Just one. Just just one. Just one. Very, very uh, small portal of hell, I guess. Ineffective portal. Ineffective, but it's yeah. it's still a minor threat. So the <laughs> knights of the, I guess the discount knights of the crusade come in with their their horses and their <laughs> swords and they, they, yep. they solve the problem and they seal the hole with the blood of Christ. <laughs> they, they just have the blood of Christ on them and then they seal it. Hands, yeah. And then they consecrate the place and then they leave the blood of Christ there for some reason. In this instead disgusting, of take, decrepit vault. They just leave it there instead of taking it back with them, which, you know what, fine. But the thing that was really hilarious, the thing that was really hysterical about the blood of Christ is how they found it. Because they they're walking, uh, they're they're walking through this um, this place, this building. Can, can I mention something real quick about the blood of Christ? Ooh, we've, real quick. Oh, we've also we forgot to talk about um, how the portal to hell opened back up. Yeah, it, back in the 1940s. Uh, World War II was going on, and the Nazis were bombing nearby this abbey that is in the middle of nowhere in Romania, um, for some reason. Now, the Nazis... I just thought of that, man. Like, what? what yeah, why why were the Nazis, like, they, all that's there is this, like, tiny crappy village and Wasn't this monastery. Wasn't Romania neutral, or am I wrong? I think I'm wrong, but the, the Nazis decide... I think that Romania... Well, Romania used to be communist. I think it was probably... Oh, were they like know, a satellite state? They were probably a satellite state of the Soviet Union. That's um, right. Because That's I, right. I've, got a, I've got a friend who lives, uh, who's from Romania, and uh, his dad was there when, like, they overthrew their, like, communist regime. Dude, that's dope. Yeah, it's pretty insane. Um, I've been to Moldova, which was also a Soviet um, satellite state. I don't know what you'd call it. I've but, been to Canada. It's not Soviet whatsoever. <laughs> I've, been, um, <laughs> I've been to Canada. I just wanted to uh, just try and top you. It didn't work. Go on. <laughs> Go on. All right. So, anyways, um, so the Nazis are. Um, I was asking. I was wondering why they were bombing it because it's just like there's nothing really valuable there. It's just a crappy yeah, village. There's no threat Abby. whatsoever. But in Romania. but anyways. Um, so they bomb, they bomb the, they, they're bombing this area, and a bomb lands on the Abbey. 
and the vibrations from the explosion reopen the portal to hell. The literal portal to hell is opened, <laughs> sealed by like, I don't want to say like a superstitious, but like a supernatural force is holding the portal to hell closed. The blood of Christ. The blood of Christ is won out by an airstrike. Yeah, well, I mean, the blood of Christ is like is like super glue. I mean, it's pretty. <laughs> it's supernatural super glue, man. I mean, it's it, it wears off. Eventually. It does wear off eventually. It is it is weak to you know bombs and other various physical forces. Physical forces, exactly. Um, yeah, but. Um, so they found the blood of Christ, um, by, they walked into this room and there's a statue and the statue was of Mary. And, um, there's this light that was sort of reflecting off of her finger. Yeah. It was just like glimmering. Yeah. It was just, it was just reflecting off of her finger. I don't really know how, it, how that worked exactly, but probably some, um, complicated engineering there. Uh, this, the light from, like, the window would bounce off her finger and landed on the spot of the wall. And that spot that it landed on had a keyhole. And then the characters all looked at each other, and they, and, and, uh... They looked into the camera, and they, and said, they said, Mary points the way. They, they, all, they all looked, they all looked deep into each other's eyes and went, <laughs> Mary points the way. <laughs> oh, my God. It's it's like the visions that I had when I was ki a kid specifically told me leading up to this exact specific moment in my life. I think one of them even called it a miracle. I might be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's a miracle. Thank the script writer, script writers. Thank God for the script and the director. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, yeah, they find the blood of Christ. It's just in there. It's just in this little wall vault thing. But one... One last thing. Another major problem that I did have with this film is it has all these instances where something happens and then it doesn't happen. It's it's oh hard. yeah, that's a good point. It, it's like they're like um, something. It's like a. It's like yeah. It's just like the characters are hallucinating or something. Yeah, or it's, really, um, it's like jarring to the audience. It, it's really. It's it's at first like the first one or two times. It's like oh hey that's cool. But then they do it so often that it just gets confusing. It's absolutely overwhelming. Like when, <laughs> like when the um, the nun played by Tysa Farmiga, uh, Sister Irene, uh, walks into this room. And a bunch of nuns are are like grabbing her, and they're like, "Hey, oh, come, come, yeah, come, come yeah. here, come here. Uh, we we need to we need to pray to resist the demon." And then she's praying, and then all of the nuns get slapped across the room by some invisible force, and she's the only one who manages manages to stay there. And um, they like carve a pentagram into her back, though. But then that's gone too. Yeah, no, they they carve they. So she's the only one who remains standing. Uh, or kneeling, I guess, after the after the other ones get slapped into the wall. A bunch of them die, I think, from that. But they some of some of them start to get up. Um, also, but she has like the clothes on her back ripped off and a pentagram drawn into her skin. And um, and then what happens is uh, the other two main characters walk in, 
And they're like, hey, what are you doing? And she's just like, I'm praying with the sisters. Oh, wait. <laughs> and then all of, all of the other nuns were gone, and her back was fine, and nothing had, like, she just hallucinated the whole, like, five-minute scene. And it's like, what? why? Yeah, what's the point is what's... really what I'm asking myself through that one-hour, 30-minute film. And they, you know, it's... Like, again, once or twice would be like, okay, sure. But they do it so often. It's like half the movie. I, I don't. I want to <laughs> say I'm exaggerating, but I'm really not. It, like, it's, it's a large portion of the movie is just, hey, this thing happened, except it didn't happen. Hey, really subverted your expectations there. In the end, I wouldn't recommend this movie to anyone other than trying to get a good thrill off of uh, a few jump scares maybe now that halloween is rolling around they can take out their dates and uh have a good evening but other than that i i'm not uh highly esteemed about the next uh conjuring prequel yeah i mean it would be a good it would be you know, it might be a good date night i mean like there's gonna there's not gonna be anyone in the theater the theater we went to there was like five other people all right so Overall, The Nun, I give it 4 out of 10. Um, there's some... It might be worth a watch if you're if you're into bad movies or jump scares. If you're drunk. Or if you're drunk. Okay. But overall, not, not the best. So with that out of the way, um, this has been So You Don't Have To with... Uh, I on the triangle. I'm Keith Gwynn. And I'm Jack Schroeder. And we'll see you next time. You're listening to 88.1 WKNC HD1 Raleigh. My name is Marissa Jordan, and you're listening to I on the Triangle. So I mentioned before the break that we will be taking a look at um, some of the things that are going to be covered in uh, next week's election. So um, we actually covered the election or like kind of like pre-voting stuff um, about a month ago. Um, and we kind of just touched on that there were amendments, uh, what they were discussing, how you can register and all that stuff. So I, I promised that we would uh, take a more in-depth look and that's what we're doing right now. So um, I would also like to make a correction to what I said before. I really emphasized uh, that you need to register to vote, which of course you do if you want to vote on election day. So um, I recently became aware that you can vote at any polling place uh, before election day during early voting if you go during early voting, of course. So if you're an NC State student like me, um, probably the most convenient would be Tally Student Union. Um, there is sectioned off parking specifically for voting. So if you don't have a parking pass, you don't have to worry about that. Um, there's city buses that go uh, basically right in front of Tally. Um, it's very accessible if you live on campus. So that is probably the best spot if you are an NC State student. Um, it was super quick. I went last week. It took like 10 minutes, and that was because I had to change my address because I moved apartments. So um, I would recommend doing that if you're looking to vote. Um, of course, early voting is still going on, and it will be going on until the election date, which is November 6th. Mark your books. Um, 
It's an important election, obviously. That's why we're stressing it here at Eye on the Triangle. Um, obviously, uh, we cannot sway your vo- vote in any way. We're just going to be presenting some of the uh, positions that are going to be on the ballot, some of the amendments, and just general election stuff. Um, so for Wake County, we have the 4th Congressional District, and there are three uh, candidates running. There's a Republican, a Democrat, and a Libertarian. Um, we have candidate state offices. Oh, and by the way, um, all my information is coming from one of the most recent issues of the technician from last Thursday where they broke all of this down. Um, this would be a very useful guide if you are a student um, and you want to get some quick information. Uh, I also just got all my information when I voted just by Googling who was on the ballot and their platform. Um, so, yeah, lots of resources if you are a student here at NC State. Um, so, yeah, we have uh, for those candidates for state offices, there's the North Carolina Senate District 18. And once again, we're going to have three candidates for that, Libertarian, Democrat, and Republican, which if I say three, um, we're going to assume that it's those three unless it's something else, which I don't believe there are any, unless maybe independents. There, I don't think there's anyone else on the ballot this year. Um, there's also the North Carolina House of Representatives, District 49, and these are the districts around NC, Store, NC State, of course. Um, the candidates for prosecutional offices, there's a district attorney, and there is a Democrat and a Republican running. Um, obviously, there are a lot of people running, so we don't have time to go into all their platforms either. Um, but it's important to, of course, note what is on the ballot or what positions. Um, candidates for county offices, uh, Wake County Board of Commissioners, District 1, District 2, and District 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Um, Wake County Sheriff. And all of those are both uh, have a Republican and Democratic candidate, except for District 3 and 5, which only one person is running. And that is a Democrat. Um, so there's the clerk of Superior Court um, for the judicial offices. There is the North Carolina Supreme Court Associate Justice. We have uh, three people running for that. The North Carolina Court of Appeals for Judge Seat 1, um, a Republican and a Democratic uh, person running. And then we have the North Carolina Supreme Court Associate Justice Seat 1, or 2 and 3, excuse me. Um, and we have three people running for each of those. Uh, North Carolina District Court, Court Judge, uh, District 10D, Seat 1. Um, there's only one person running for that. And there's also the same position, but Seat 2 and Seat 3. Uh, so yeah, as you can see, if you are planning on voting, there are a lot of people on the ballot, lots of stuff to look into, so I will leave your research up to you and your decisions up to you. Oh, and don't forget, of course, there's the nonpartisan offices. Uh, there is the Board of Education District 6 and Soil and Water Conservation District Supervisor. And those are all, of course, nonpartisan. Um, you will have to look up which candidates most align with your political views and what you believe is right. Anyway, so obviously that's only one half of what's on this year's ballot. There's also some amendments. Um, and you've probably heard a little bit about these or at least seen the signs around NC State. Um, obviously, do your research. Don't let those signs sway you. Um, there's going to be one on the right to hunt, fish, and harvest wildlife amendment. There's one on voter ID laws. There's going to be one about judicial vacancies. 
um, one about the Ethics and Elections Board. Um, there's one about victims' rights, and there's one on state income tax. Um, there's also a couple Wake County bond referenda, and those all will mostly have to deal with uh, public schools. So there's one uh, Wake County public school system improvement bond, and there's the Wake Technical Community College 2018 bond. And finally, the last one is Parks, Greenways, Recreation, and Open Spaces Bond. Um, so, yeah, that's just putting it all out there. Um, of course, do your research, go out there and vote. Um, and, yeah, of course, the election is a super important time of year. And I hope that was at least somewhat helpful to people who didn't even know where to start. So, anyway, um, we're going to switch on a more kind of carefree and fun note. Uh, obviously tomorrow is Halloween, uh, and what we have done in the past here at Eye on the Triangle is have, um, community calendar, which is just a list of some interesting and fun sounding events going on in the triangle. So I decided to do a community calendar specific, specifically for Halloween. And so, um, obviously there's a ton of stuff and I just picked out a few things here um, of course, you can always go trick-or-treating or going out, you know, those are some very popular uh, choices based on your age, but let's see, we first have uh, Halloweeno, the celebration for Halloween at West Point on the Eno. Um, I have been to other festivals at the Eno, like the 4th of July one, very fun, a beautiful park, so yeah, they say that there will be campfires, stories, and songs, hayrides, treats, crafts, games, and face painting. Um, so then the next one is Halloween Safe Night at the NC Museum of History. So this is, of course, going to be tomorrow from 6 to 9 p.m. Um, on Halloween night, search out candies and treats at the NC Museum of History as you walk along the trick-or-treat trail through the Story of North Carolina Chronological History Exhibit. So that sounds like if you're very into history or you want an academic day, that sounds kind of like a good event. Um, there's going to be films and concerts at the Gregg Museum. So the Gregg Museum, for those of you who are unaware, is actually on NC State's campus. It's located on Hillsborough Street towards uh, north campus of NC State by the Bell Tower, kind of. Um, so that would be a good option for NC State students. Um, yeah, there's going to be a film, it looks like. Let's see, Jody Weil, a documentary filmmaker and curator, is going to be exploring, or she's going to be talking about a short film. And let's see. And then this one's a little bit more far away, but if you're from Clayton, there's going to be a Harvest Festival um, and Shindig Music Festival. So, of course, that always sounds like a good time. Uh, let's see. I think I have just a few more. Oh, here's a good one. Another really lo uh, local one is there's going to be games. Oh, I think that's actually tonight. Sorry, my date is wrong. Games and pumpkin painting. And that was actually here at Witherspoon Student Center. So if you like pumpkins and painting. And yeah, so of course, I hope everyone has a fun and safe Halloween. Those are just a few ideas. Uh, thought I'd throw that out there. Halloween is one of my favorite holidays. Um, and anyway, that about does it for this week's show. I appreciate you joining me on this beautiful Tuesday evening, assuming that you've been listening to this live. 
And as always, if you heard anything you liked, you hated, or anything that made you think, let us know at publicaffairs at wknc.org. And be sure to check out our blog at wknc-eot.tumblr.com. Our intro music for today's show and every other show was Connie by L1011. You can catch another episode of Eye on the Triangle next week, November 6th, with it, which is Election Day, don't forget, from 6 to 7 p.m. Um, so stay tuned for your usual program, programming of amazing indie music, and I'll see you all next week.